Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and Beaches Vacation.com. When you're in labor, you want to minimize the amount of injury to both you and your baby. Episiotomies, tearing, and perineal massage are all options to consider during the delivery process when your baby is about to be born. But which of these options is best for you? I'm Sarah Schaefer, a labor and delivery nurse at Sharp Grossmont Hospital, and this is Preggy Pals episode 73. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant. And I have to exercise? What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit! I've got cankles! What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Sunny Galt. Would you like bonus content after each show, great giveaways, and some great discounts? Then join our Preggy Pals Club. You'll also get a free subscription to Pregnancy Magazine, and you can visit our website, preggypals.com, for more information. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Preggy Pals apps. They are available in the Android, iTunes, marketplace we are available on windows phones as well as google play you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter and if you do not live in san diego but you would like to be a panelist on our show you can participate through our virtual panelist program and preggy pals producer stephanie is here to tell us more about that Okay, so all you have to do is like our Preggy Pals Facebook page or follow us on Twitter. And when we record our shows, or actually prior to recording our shows, we'll be posting some sneak preview questions on our Facebook and Twitter. And um, so you can comment on whatever questions. You can ask your own questions, and we will relay those to the expert. And if you guys are on Twitter, you can follow the hashtag PreggyPalsVP, which stands for Virtual Panelist. All right, let's meet our panelists here in the studio. You guys know me. I'll be chiming in our conversation today. I'm the host of the show. Um, my name is Sunny. I am 35 years old. My due date, I'm, I'm actually pregnant with identical twin girls who are due de- uh, December 16th, but um, we are having the babies via C-section. I did have some complications with a prior um, delivery, and so now all my babies or C-section. Um, that date has been set for December 2nd, so fingers crossed that I'm going to make it that far because that puts me at 38 weeks, and that's that's a great goal to have if you're pregnant with twins, but it doesn't always happen. Um, I do have two little boys at home. Sayer is three years old, and Urban is about 15 months. Stephanie, tell us about yourself. My name is Stephanie. I'm 30. I'm a producer for Preggy Pals. I have one little girl at home. Uh, Savannah is eight months old. Okay, Destiny. 
Uh, my name is Destiny. I'm 34. I'm a physical therapist and I specialize in pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, my due date is November 2nd. I'm having a little girl. I have a son at home, Talon. He will be three in October and we're planning our second home birth with a midwife. Do you have a name picked out for your little girl yet that you're no. sharing? No, we okay. have a secret I, I love, I, <laughs> <laughs> I love the name Talon. Ryan yeah. and I, my husband and I, were thinking about that if, if these were boys, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a great name. Thanks. Okay, Jessica. My name is Jessica, and I am 29 years old, a medical biller, and um, uh, my due date is March 8th, and I have um, one previous child. She's eight years old, and um, we're hoping for a VPAC. Okay, and Bridget. Hi, I'm Bridget. I am 28. I am a nonprofit fundraiser. My due date is December 19th. And I'm having my first baby, and it's a little boy. And we are planning a natural childbirth with a midwife, but in a hospital. Okay, good for you. And Sarah, any kids yet? Yes. yes. I, my name is Sarah. I'm 27 years old. I'm a registered nurse at Sharp Grossmont Hospital. I have two children. My little boy is four. My little girl is two. And I had home births with both of them. Oh, good for you. Mm-hmm. You don't know we see that, but that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, ladies, welcome to the show. <laughs> familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. It was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. All right, before we kick off today's show, we have a special interview for all of our Preggy Pals listeners. Exa Higgins is joining us, and Exa is the founder of MommyCon. MommyCon is a fairly new conference that, um, man, people are just going to this thing from all over the place. They have different locations that they hold this conference in, and the focus is on natural and organic parenting methods. So Exa is here to tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, so MommyCon is a day of education, inspiration, and community building uh, that we bring to cities across the United States. Uh, One of our upcoming events is going to be in Los Angeles, California on October 6th. And we're actually looking to set the baby-wearing world record at the event with over 1,500 parents in attendance all wearing their babies. Okay. So you mentioned the LA event. And this is is a pretty big event for you guys because is it one of the largest venues you guys have been at in the past? It is, yes. You know, we're really hoping to set this record with 1,500-plus people in attendance. Um, You know, our last event in Philadelphia had over 500 people at it. And they just keep kind of getting bigger and, you know, better. We love sharing all the knowledge that we've learned as parents and bringing our experts, you know, to the events to then speak on everything from birth to breastfeeding to baby wearing, cloth diapering, car seat safety, and everything in between. So it's definitely going to be big in L.A. Yeah, well, we're excited for it because I know that we're going to go out to that event as well. And if our listeners want to participate, want to get involved with the L.A. event, how can they do that? Yeah, 
They can find us on Facebook. We're MommyCon, MommyCon USA, if you need to type it into your browser. Um, and then our website is mommy-con.com. Yeah, and the tickets are really reasonable. This isn't <laughs> something, you know, as far as the price is concerned. It's not something that's going to, you know, you got to choose between diapers or going to the conference. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and we even have a free option. So if parents just want to come out and attend the event, um, set the world record, it's absolutely free. Otherwise, we have general admission starting at $25. That's great. And I know... Um, not all of our listeners are from Southern California. So um, you do have these conferences in other cities. So how can people learn about those other opportunities? Yeah, visit our website, type MommyCon, M-O-M-M-Y-C-O-N into Google. Visit our website at mommy-con.com. Go on, find our community on Facebook of over 18,000 moms all coming together across the country. We, we're going to Portland in a couple weeks, Philadelphia, um, LA, Kansas City, Chicago, Austin, and everywhere in between. Love it. Love it. Okay. But if you are located in the Southern California area and you want to win two free tickets to the LA event, you can do that. We are actually doing a raffle copter giveaway with MommyCon. And all you need to do is go to our show website, go under the episode section, go down to giveaways, and you can enter right there. So, Exa, thank you so much for being part of our show today. Thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you're planning a vaginal birth, you've probably heard a lot about episiotomies and tearing and how perineal massage can help stretch the area and minimize damage. Here to break down these options for you is Sarah Schaefer. She's a labor and delivery nurse at Sharp Grossmont Hospital. Welcome to Preggy Pal, Sarah. It's great to have you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. So let's talk first about perineal massage. And uh, before the show got started, you know, we were chatting a little bit about this. And you can do perineal massage on yourself throughout your pregnancy. But for the purposes of this conversation, we're focusing on it more for labor and delivery purposes. So, um, Sarah, tell us a little bit more about what's involved with that. Well, when you are pushing, um, the baby's head usually starts at a higher position. And as it comes down, you know, we can usually kind of see what's going on down below because we're right there pushing with you. Mm -hmm. And perineal massage is when we can kind of use our fingers to kind of just help the baby, guide the baby's head and push against certain areas to create more space and allow the baby to come down a little bit further because as it comes down a little further, it's that much closer to coming out. 
And um, there's sometimes we use mineral oils. Some doctors use just regular lubricant. Um, but we use lots of it to make it <laughs> nice and slippery. <laughs> and um, we just kind of, you know, push down on certain areas. However, you really need to be careful about not overdoing it as well. Because when you're in labor for a long time or pushing for a long time, everything can get really swollen and moist and um, sometimes that can actually cause more tears. So oh, interesting. Find balance. I have a question. Mm-hmm. At what point um, in the pushing process do you start doing that? Like at, okay, I'm just thinking like at the station mm-hmm. of like how far down the baby is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, uh, yeah. At as what the point? baby is lower. As they're lower. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. Because nowadays, you know, there's women who have epidurals and there's women who don't. Obviously, when you don't have an epidural, you get that urge to push and, uh, you know, it's hard to not push. You can't really control that I had that, that urge. urge with the epidural. <laughs> and, and that's sometimes a great thing. With a good epidural, you still get that urge, you know. And I don't mean good as in some are bad, some are good, How? but because there's never any way for us to gauge how it's going to affect each person. So a lot of this has to do with the person. Does know. does the uh, the mom always know that you're doing it or no? Because I'm, now I'm thinking back. Because I pushed, but mm-hmm. I, I still ended up having um, an unplanned C-section. Mm-hmm. But I felt like, I mean, I felt like she was elbow deep. Mm-hmm. And like really, <laughs> I mean, really. So was she possibly doing doing perineal massage and, and I just didn't know it? Possibly, yes. Because <laughs> my problem was is that uh, my daughter was posterior mm-hmm. but she had her head back too so that's why we ended up not being able to mm-hmm. get her out that way. Sometimes you can't feel it with an epidural. Usually if you don't have an epidural you can pretty much still feel everything um, but we don't do it constantly. I would say that it's more um, as like a tool when you feel like the baby just needs a little more room and you can feel what side the baby needs more room on so you can kind of put your fingers there and use your fingers as a guide to kind of create more space so that way the head can come past that area where it's stuck. I think she must have been trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> she had to. Uh, yeah. She probably like, Where did was. her arm go? What's going on? <laughs> I felt like that. Seriously. We it's always like a, joke that we like a magic gloves trick. to our elbows. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is she going to come out my mouth? What's going <laughs> on? <laughs> yeah, it, it, is there ever a point where it's like patient guided for the mom who's pushing if if if, if they do have full sensation and or, or the epidural is not too overwhelming mm-hmm. is there a point where you are guided by where she feels the pressure and where she feels the ring of fire or whatever <laughs> or is that more involved with like counter pressure techniques well or you that know differ? i can i give a personal experience mm-hmm, sure here? i know that with mine unmedicated natural birth I could feel where I was burning and I was you know my midwife told me don't push against it because the burning is you trying to stretch and possibly going to tear in that area and with my second one just like an urge to put my finger there I just like kind of moved things out of the way I remember it very clearly and they were amazed they were like oh wow you know you you just pushed it out of the way and (laughs) and I didn't tear you know however um you know it's hard because with an epidural you don't always feel everything and so sometimes you're pushing past that burning and you're not knowing it you know, and and sometimes the epidural doesn't take away that burning, and so you're feeling the burning, and it's happening, but you don't necessarily know what to do with it. You know, and so, it, and the pressure 
the pressure that we apply helps to kind of keep everything intact. So the goal is to do a very slow controlled at the end that everything is very slow and controlled and we can kind of support the area, support the perineum, support your labia because a lot of women tear on their labia and not not have a perineal uh, tear. So, um, you know, just to support everything with your fingers. And could it be patient-guided? Possibly, you know, but usually women don't want to get their hands down there and touch anything, or they don't know that they're allowed to. It's your body. You're allowed to do whatever you want. You know, that's what we always try to remind people. It's your body, whatever you want, you know. Um, but But most people don't do that. Can perineal massage be used in conjunction with having, I don't know if it would be needed if you had an episiotomy because theoretically that should provide enough space, but can it be used in conjunction with that or tearing? Like if you start to tear a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, to prevent more tearing, would you ever go back in and and still try to do some of that massage? Um, It just depends. As long as you're not creating more damage, if you've already torn, you don't want to just push on that area where the tear occurred. Okay. Um, but definitely, say you tore on, you know, the upper right-hand side mm-hmm. and then, you know, the doctor or the nurse can kind of push down on the bottom left to create right. some more space right. and kind of just use lubricant or use mineral oil to kind of rub, massage, I guess, to create more space and kind of stretch everything down. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So let's focus now, let, let's shift and, and talk about episiotomies. I know mm-hmm. episiotomies kind of get a bad rap. Mm-hmm. So first of all, let, let's talk about what is involved in an episiotomy. Mm-hmm. We can kind of break down why that's a little bit controversial. An episiotomy is when the doctor, they're the only ones who are allowed to do it, would um, use scissors mm-hmm. to actually cut um, usually it's a second degree, I would say is the most common mm-hmm. um, uh, you know in a straight line mm-hmm. to create more space for the baby to come out. And it just, you know, sometimes doctors can tell when that needs to happen. And so they do it. It's usually very fast. Sometimes the patient doesn't even know it happened because they mm-hmm. can't feel it. Um, and I would say that, you know, sometimes it is needed in an urgent situation if the baby's not fitting or if there's a shoulder dystocia. Mm-hmm. Um and it's usually straight down. So, you know, where the baby's coming out and your perineum, it would go straight down. They try and stay away from the anus. Okay. Um, it's very rare that a doctor would do what's called a medial lateral, meaning going more off to the side, kind of towards your thigh, you know, your left or right thigh. But I have seen that done, but it's very rare. Okay. So ladies here in the studio, um, when I say episiotomy, I mean, do you cringe or what What thoughts do you have of this? It seems like um, a lot of people try to avoid this. I think it's got a bad rap and I'm just wondering what your personal opinions are on it. Well, I know it used to be really common. Mm-hmm. I know they used to like episiotomy and forceps was like, that was the way to go right, for right. a while. And my understanding of it is that the literature now no longer supports that episiotomy is beneficial and protective of the pelvic floor and that and oftentimes it can worsen the mm. tearing and, the con- and what happens. Um, so that's m- my reaction. Uh, can it, Sarah? Can it worsen a tear? Can episiotomy worsen a tear? I haven't personally seen that happen, but... Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the thing about it is 
really asking your doctor because mm-hmm. there are quite a few doctors who just routinely do episiotomies. Yeah. And there's doctors that are a little more conservative and only do it when space is needed. Um, and there's some doctors who would rather let you tear than do an episiotomy. Those are That's a big right. controversy between the three options. Um, regardless of what their philosophy is, mm-hmm. can you go in and say, listen, I don't care what you want. This mm-hmm. is my body, yes. and you're not doing an episiotomy. I don't care. Yes. And if a patient did that, then we as their nurse, we are a patient advocate. So we're responsible for knowing what's important to our patients mm-hmm. and what's going to you know, make their birthday <laughs> a beautiful <laughs> one. And um, so... When it can't, when it comes time, we usually pass on to the doctor if they haven't already, and remind the doctor because you know they see multiple patients a day sometimes, and we just pass it on. She really is opposed to an episiotomy, so keep that in mind, you know. And so then, when it comes down to it, I think an episiotomy would be a lot less likely to occur if that's what the patient is choosing, except in an emergency because. In labor and delivery, things do change quickly. We're watching heart tones on a monitor, Mm -hmm. which in a natural birth isn't always the case, you know, a home birth. And so when we can see heart tones on a monitor and it's been a certain amount of minutes and their heart tones are in a certain area, then things tend to get a little more sticky and everyone's more in a rush to get out the baby. Right. So sometimes... Things can change, but obviously in that case, the doctor would tell the patient and ask the patient and say, listen, we really need to get this baby out. Mm-hmm. Is it okay with you if I do an episiotomy? And then the pa- it's up to the patient. Right. You know, and there are times when patients say, no, mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. So it's still your body. So yeah. what are the alternatives? I mean, in that in that instance, uh, is, is it a uh, no different positions more likely to not lead to an episiotomy and tearing if you're seeing pressures in different places um you know is there there alternative to positioning the the mom differently well positioning is an awesome thing in labor because really when you come in and you're stuck in bed you know this is it makes it hard for a baby to come down and when we start to see patients getting stuck at, you know, dilation-wise. Okay, they're five, now they're six, now they're seven, but they're making really slow progress and the baby's just not coming down. You know, I think positioning is very important. Going from side to side, if they don't have an, have an epidural, letting them getting up, get up and go to the bathroom, letting them get up and walk around a little bit kind of just helps the baby to use gravity on its side and to figure out, oh, hey, this is, you know, this way is has a lot more room, so let me come down this way. I mean, obviously the baby's not thinking that, but I can imagine that that would help them with gravity and with what space is needed for their head to come down. So as far as positions preventing an episiotomy, I think what it comes down to is that the baby is very low and positions can help babies to get low. So that's the important thing. So if you do have to have an episiotomy, Mm -hmm. what is the recovery process like? I get into this conversation with my mom all the time. We were talking about how older generations, this is just kind of how it was done. Mm -hmm. My mom is still insistent 
that um, episiotomies are better than tearing. My mom too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she really, and she has some good points because if, if you take a piece of paper, you know, and, and, and you rip it, you know, it, it's jagged, right? So if you're thinking about stitching something up, it's it, it could be harder, you know, to heal. It makes more sense if it's a straight line. It really does. And in my mind, it makes more sense. Um, so I, I understand her point, but um, at the same time, you know, I read the current literature and stuff too, and I understand that that, you know, isn't the preferred way if you don't have to do it don't do it just let your body kind of do it what it's going to do but going back to the healing process what what is that like for an episiotomy what should women expect well usually with an episiotomy our patients are pretty sore which they are regardless of whether there's episiotomy because you just had a baby right um but they're a little bit more sore and they have a lot more pain from that area Mm -hmm. um but we do have medications that we can use And it doesn't always necessarily mean an oral medication. We have pads that we can place on your pad Mm -hmm. for it to touch your episiotomy, to kind of cool things down, to numb the area a little bit. We have sprays that we use. I'm sure every hospital has something different or a different brand. Mm -hmm. But we usually tell the patient to use them every time they go to the bathroom to replace their little pads and Mm -hmm. spray themselves, which will kind of numb the area, which will lessen the pain. Um, we also offer, you know, oral pain meds if the pain is just not controlled with the pads and the spray. Also using a spray bottle every single time you go to the bathroom, regardless of tearing, episiotomy, or anything, will just definitely help you to relax and allow yourself to urinate or to have a bowel movement Mm -hmm. because you can fill your little bottle up with warm water Mm -hmm. and then that dilutes your urine. Urine is acidic. When it touches an area that is, you know, a fresh cut, that is very painful. Right. And so if you can dilute it, it makes it a lot less acidic and then you are more likely to fully empty your bladder (laughs) instead of holding it in, you know, (laughs) and you're more likely to just not have as much pain when you're going to the restroom. Sure. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk all about tearing, uh, the benefits, if that makes sense, the benefits of tearing, (laughs) um, as well as some of the complications that may result. So we'll be right back. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. Today we're discussing episiotomies, tearing, and perineal massage. Sarah Schaefer is our expert. She is a labor and delivery nurse at Sharp Grossmont Hospital. And so for the first half, we talked about episiotomies. We talked about perineal massage. Some of that may come back into our conversation, but let's focus mainly on tearing. So um, walk us through this a little bit, Sarah. When a woman tears during labor delivery, what's, what's happening? 
in the body? Um, it's your body is stretching mm -hmm. to fit a baby out. And um, it's usually stretching to the amount that it needs, not any more than that. So, you know, we usually see it right at the very end. Okay. So every once in a while we see it while a woman is pushing. We'll see a tear, you know, occur. Um, but usually it comes out. It, it happens right at the very end as the head is coming out. Okay. Ladies here in the studio who have had babies before. Um, tearing, yes. Have you guys tore? Did you tear? Um, and, and what was your experience, I guess? I had my son at home, so completely unmedicated. And I did have a small first-degree tear. Um, and it was, again, right at the end. He came out with his hand right next to his chin, to his mm -hmm. cheek. So that obviously made his head a little bit bigger. <laughs> and I was shocked because I did not feel it at all. I, 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 the, I think I had a really long labor, so every, everything was super stretchy, and mm -hmm. I didn't have, like, the classic ring of fire. I didn't get any of that, like, and my pushing was relatively short for the length of time that I was in labor. Um, but I, I was shocked when she told me that I had a small tear because it, I, didn't, I didn't feel any, any pain at all when he mm -hmm. came out. So um, I think it was just a matter of he got his hand in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> He and was posing for you with his little hand He was, and, 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 he still, and he still kind of does that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and my recovery with it was really pretty pretty easy. Yeah. Very, very simple, very quick. And I did the whole rinsing every time I went to the bathroom mm -hmm. and um, did the ice packs and everything. And it was pretty, it was a relatively comfortable experience. Okay. And Jessica, what about you? I had a C-section. You had a C-section, so it didn't apply. Did you go into labor at all? I did, but as soon as I got there on the way to the hospital, she did a flip. And oh. so she was breech. So they didn't oh. even let me get to pushing. Them. You didn't get to push. Okay. I, I pushed for three hours, but still ended up <laughs> with a C-section. So she didn't get down. She, was a, she didn't get down far enough. She was a plus two, I guess, whatever yeah. that really means. But a station, um, plus two yeah, station. Yeah, so she, she wasn't down enough. And that's because you said she was posterior, Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Posterior and, like I said, elbow deep. Yeah. I, they were trying to turn her. <laughs> And um, it, I guess the problem was is that her head was back and it wasn't tucked. And yeah. so they just, they, yeah. Yeah. And it, it just got to be too much eventually. And yeah. yeah. Sarah, with your home burst, did you tear it all? I did with my first one. It was a small first degree, more labial tear. Okay. But it was very small, very minimal. And how long and, were and you pushing? And I didn't feel it either. You didn't feel it? I only pushed for about 25 minutes with okay. my first. And with my daughter, she came right out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe three pushes. Yeah. <laughs> and we had a lot of comments uh, from our Preggy Pals VPs. Um, so one, and this isn't meant to scare anybody either, <laughs> um, but our friend Chelsea said that she did do a perineal massage and she still ended up with a fourth degree tear. Um, and she said that it took about 11 weeks to recover and two applications of silver nitrate. Um, and we had a couple of other various comments. A lot of them were like second degree tears. Can you, and, and I know mm -hmm. we'll, we'll yeah. go into this question next. Like what are the, what are the degrees of the tears? What mm -hmm. do they mean? So first degree is when only the vaginal tissue um, is involved, which is just usually like what you can see. And then a second degree, it goes more into the muscle. So when they cut an episiotomy, it's usually a second degree because they they need to create a little more space than just a first degree. Mm -hmm. So um, they're cutting, you know, from your vagina down a little bit in, in actually cutting into the muscle. A third degree would be involving the anal sphincter. And then a fourth degree 
actually involves your rectum, which basically means there's no wall in between. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. So now, but I've also heard of tearing up. Yes, you can tear. That's like a labial tear. Okay. Um, where you can you can tear up, and I believe that would still be considered a first degree, because I don't think any muscles are involved there. It's still just tissue. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But equally, or even more so, pain, right? I feel like there's more nerve endings there in are. that area. <laughs> so, so I mean, either way, regardless of the degree, stitches are involved, except oh, for maybe a first degree. That's just what we call like a skid mark. It's just, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know, it's some right. doctors do use the silver nitrate stick where it just kind of cauterizes it, stops oh, bleeding. Um, and kind of helps it heal. A lot of the times you don't need anything for a first degree. But for a second degree would definitely, and on, would definitely involve sutures. Okay, yeah. One of our um, Facebook friends, Heather, said that she had a first degree, but she had one stitch. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So not too much. It's kind of the doctor's call and what they see and if there's a lot of bleeding. If there's not a lot of bleeding from that area, then usually if it's not large, they'll let it heal on its own. But if there's a lot of bleeding coming from that area or it's a larger uh, tear, then they usually put in a stitch or two. So I know every situation is different. I don't want to try to categorize things too much, but I'm trying to get a visual or at least an understanding of what could prompt? It seems to me like first degree and second degrees are most common. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Those yes. tears? Okay. But when you get into third degree and fourth degree, what are some circumstances that could result in that? Like what What would, did, how much of it does it have to do with our own body and the way our own body is made up versus a positioning of the baby or the force that the baby is coming out? Well, every woman is so different. Yeah. I mean, it, it does have to do with... Um, how stretchy things are yeah. down below. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how big the baby is. That yeah. can have a huge, you know, difference between a woman who tore, a woman who needed an episiotomy. Um, and the positioning, you know, I don't know that that really is a huge factor. I think it is more just having more of a slow ending to the birth and allowing the baby to come down and allowing... Uh, enough pushing to occur without forcing the baby out yet, you know, and just the end being very slow and controlled. Have you personally seen a fourth degree tear? I have. You have? Yes. And what prompted that? Um, I think in that case, it was really fast. And the baby was coming out pretty fast. Oh, okay. Um, and it was a very large baby. Like how big? around um i think it was in the tens in the tens mm-hmm. so fat okay so your body because ha- you, you mentioned that being mm-hmm. your body being able to stretch so mm-hmm. would you say it's better or again maybe it's just a case by case but mm-hmm. is it better like destiny said she had a really long labor process does that naturally if it takes longer it takes longer to, for stuff to stretch out um is that usually better than something going boom right through because your body hasn't had a chance to or is it that fast like ripping off a band-aid is usually better than well what matters though is the station of the baby so say you had a long labor and the baby's head was really high up most of it Uh then that really didn't do any stretching down Uh, below okay but it's when the head gets lower and lower Uh the baby is gradually and subtly stretching you 
And so when we're pushing with you at the end, we are trying to allow the baby to just kind of inch its way down and inch its way down. And a lot of women are like, why isn't the baby moving? Well, it is. It's coming down and then it's going back up in between. (laughs) And that's okay because that stretches you. Yeah. And so it keeps doing that until it gets to this point where it's right under the pubic bone and then eventually it comes up. out from under the pubic bone so us as nurses are trying to time the delivery of the baby if the doctor's not in the room we're trying to get you to that point and then the doctor in the room to actually deliver the baby doesn't always work that way (laughs) but that's our goal and so um you know when you're at that point where the baby is kind of pushing down and stretching you and then going back up and pushing down and stretching you that's actually a really good thing because that is helping everything to be a little bit more slow and controlled and not just you know, mm-hmm. your body is not just blasting the baby out. Right. And that was something that was really, that I could feel because I was unmedicated, I could feel when the baby was, when it was too much mm-hmm. and I could back off on mm-hmm. the pushing mm-hmm. and then I could, and I could push a little bit more and I could like kind of control that a little bit so that nothing got too intense at too, too quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. Which was, it was, it was really nice. And then I could support myself, like you said that you did with your, mm-hmm. with your delivery. I could support myself where I needed to, if I felt like it was too much. Right. So is it a long, uh, Put, or you you want to you want to to push the baby out slowly, or is it the other part? You know, before that, like the stage one labor, where you're you know slowly dilating. Is that the part that you want to be slower, or is it both? Well, it's it's the very end. Okay, it's not that you want to push the baby out slower while you're pushing, because mm-hmm. some women push for hours, some women push for five minutes or less. You know, it's more that at the very end, when the baby is crowning or the baby is stretching you to your fullest. That part needs to be very slow and controlled because if there's a hand coming out with the head, (laughs) the doctor can kind of assist and just push, you know, things where they need to be. And then the hand will fit perfectly without tearing. You know, that is possible. Every woman is different. How much space there is is so different on everyone and how much they stretch. But I feel that the baby being really low definitely helps you, your body to stretch and for there to be less tears and less episiotomies. So I know you ladies, some of you uh, have already talked about this, um, not being able to feel the tear. You guys both had um, Destiny and Sarah, you guys both had natural childbirth. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that is that common, would you say? That, that I do Because there's it's pressure, common. it's the pressure. You've got so much pressure on There's you down so much there. going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the adrenaline. And, right. You know, that urge to push is so strong. That right. is probably the strongest thing you'll ever feel in your life. So did you w- did you feel it afterwards, though? Do you guys remember? Do you remember being the, like, oh, yeah, that, that's the tear. something. Yeah. Not until way after because you've still got all these crazy hormones and endorphins going on. And, and I don't even remember being, you know, being aware that I had any stitches or anything like that until uh, much later, many hours later. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? A little bit, but not very much. Just like a little cut. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had, with my first son, I had an epidural, so I didn't feel tearing. I had a second degree tear, which is pretty common. And um, I, you know, I, I really wasn't sure what to expect after having a baby. I, I felt like that whole area was off limits no matter what for a while, you know? So <laughs> it was uncomfortable for me. I remember doing, and, 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 and this is a question for you too, Sarah, the, the stuff that they have you do for tearing mm-hmm. as far as the witch hazel and the mm-hmm. changing out of the pads and, and the warm water and everything, it, it's the same pretty much for episiotomies and tearing, right? Yes. So I remember doing all that and cleaning the area, but I really just felt like everything was so weird down there anyway. 
anyways. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I felt the same thing after having a cesarean. This is one thing that people don't really tell you is that you're going to bleed like after having a cesarean even, you know, even though the baby didn't come out that way, your body is still expelling a lot of stuff from your body and it's still a sore area and stuff. So, um, you know, I felt like I and it obviously didn't tear with the cesarean, but, um, you know, I, that that form of caring for your body down there and everything, I think you have no matter what. And I yes. feel like I gave birth both ways. Honestly, yes, because you of, did. Because of you how did. much I pushed. And, you and practically and, did. <laughs> the, whole, the whole area was just yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was it's it's like I ran a marathon mm-hmm. yes. and then I got hit by a truck. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then <laughs> yeah, it was just I think terrible. most women feel that way no matter which way. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how it ends uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah, there's definitely swelling still. Oh, and yeah. It, if oh, you yeah. just have a C-section, is there swelling? Well, there, no. it, there's just a lot of stuff going on down there. Well, like, you you're, still you're, bleed. You yeah. still bleed. You still bleed. Yeah. 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 I think there's still swelling. And yeah. there's, there's still cramping. Because yes. your uterus is trying to go back to its mm-hmm. normal size. That's so. what I mean. I felt like, I mean, I didn't have the tear again, but it felt like I had a vaginal birth. And the other thing that's really weird, too, is the way, like, around your scar, you know, it's obviously very fresh after you have a cesarean, your whole vaginal area bulges out. It's really weird. It's really do you remember? How, do you remember yeah. that? I asked the nurses. I was like, "Is this normal? Like, this is a deformity here. What's going on? Or is my like, you know, just didn't look the same?" Wait, are you talking about your vaginal area or like above your pubic bone? Well, like no, it's the vaginal really? area. It's like, yeah, it bulges is it, out. Is it because of swelling and fluids and, and things? I like think so, that. and hormones yeah. and your uterus cramping. Mm-hmm. I a lot of women get really swollen to a point where they're like wow this is not normal for yeah. me why are my labia so huge <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah that is very very common oh my god that was I just so wasn't weird. expecting that. I yeah, know so, so weird. weird like you kind of expect that kind of stuff I think if you have a vaginal yeah. birth but when you don't but I didn't know if it was because but I your had situation pushed was different and, and, mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know well rest assured I did not push at all with my second I didn't even go into labor <laughs> he wasn't even anywhere near coming out when they, when they did the c-section I still had all of that so yeah, but anyways. All right. Well, thanks so much, Sarah, for joining us today. I thought this was a great conversation, very informative. So now we all know about episiotomies, tearing, and uh, and perineal massage. Uh, for more information about our experts as well as our panelists, you can visit the episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of the Preggy Pals Club. After the show, we'll discuss how episiotomies and tearing can impact future pregnancies and even births. To join our club, visit our website, preggypals.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
have a comment from one of our listeners. This comes from Kara Johnson. And Kara writes, Sunny, I've been listening to Preggy Pals since before I was pregnant. I am now 28 weeks with our first child. And I just wanted to say a huge belated congrats on your pregnancy with twin girls. So exciting. My hubby and I don't know what we're having and are excited for the surprise. Upon becoming pregnant, I downloaded all the pregnancy podcasts I could find. And yours is the only one I still listen to. It's by far the most interesting and helpful. Thanks for a great podcast, and I hope you're having a good pregnancy so far. Kara, that is so sweet. I love getting email from listeners. So you guys, thank you so much. Kara, congrats on your pregnancy, and um, I hope you and your husband get everything you want. And um, yeah, it's a really exciting time for everyone, right? Thanks so much for writing in. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Parent Savers for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.